While we shouldn't make this our entire identity, work is something that takes up a lot of time in our lives, like a lot. (laughs) And what happens if, say, you know, you don't like your job or you feel you're not given the amount of support that you need in the workplace or you question and wonder if you're even on the right track? I'll just say this. You may want to listen to the rest of this episode to get some answers to these questions and to get some tips on how to make the best of your time at work. But what do I know? Oh, girl. (laughs) But to people, I think getting to that six figure mark is like, okay, now they can get to the next mark. I don't know what the next mark is, but like, you know, and keep going and they could have that like glamorous lifestyle where they're like traveling every week and on a boat Mm -hmm. in a thong bikini you know shaking ass on a yacht or whatever i think when you make two hundred thousand dollars a year i think they automatically like the government sends you a thong bikini (laughs) no way thank you for your service (laughs) you now have entered this new level and this tiny little bikini is for you of your contribution to our society So you can go shake your ass. You can shake your ass now. (laughs) You've earned it, right? But like, why why can't you shake your ass at at 50K? You know, we should be able to do that. (laughs) Happily, for really. If you're listening and you make 50K, shake your ass right now. Yes. (laughs) Yo. Right now. (laughs) Yo. That is hilarious. And you deserve it more than anyone, right? More than people are making more. Facts. This is But What Do I Know podcast with Chit Suzanne, a space for affirming, for learning, and for healing. A podcast and community where we're exploring our But What Do I Know moments in hopes that it helps you, the listener, overcome yours. You ready? Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the But What Do I Know podcast. I'm your host, Chit Suzanne, and I just want to welcome you all to yet another episode. It's Wednesday, and we are back with another episode to get you through the rest of this week. And, whoo, Lord, what a week it has been. (laughs) I tell you, I'm tired. I'm feeling it. Work is working me out. Yeah, and I'm just looking forward to the weekend for some much-needed self-care, rest, food, like all of it. I'm definitely looking forward to that. But I'm also looking forward to y'all hearing the rest of this episode. So before we move any further, if this is your first time tuning in and listening to this podcast, thank you for stopping by. I hope you enjoy it. Make sure that you are subscribed on whatever streaming platform it is that you use to listen to the podcast, especially if it's, you know, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. This just helps us grow. It helps, you know, let the algorithms know, hey, I'm enjoying this podcast. Push it to more potential listeners. We were actually also featured by Apple Podcast this month in the new and noteworthy section. So, whoo, that was great. And so if you found the podcast through that feature, welcome. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Hope you stick around. And I'm just really excited kind of seeing the growth that's been happening with the podcast and our community over the past few months. Of course, if you've been rocking with us, you know, you're always welcome. We always welcome back. Thank you for returning. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You know, you're much appreciated and you are the OG. 
Um, and of course, you know, make sure that you are also subscribed, that you are following us. And of course, we're on YouTube now. You know, your girl is getting into her video editing bag a little bit. So if you haven't already, please be sure to go subscribe on YouTube. Check out the visual component of our main conversations. As long as you know the tech is right, we're going to be putting the visuals for our main conversations on YouTube as well. Okay. And so with that, it is also Women's History Month. So happy Women's History Month to all the women out there. You know, I hope that, you know, this month has just been a beautiful time of like reflecting on just how dope you are on all the amazing things that you're doing. There also been a lot of cool events, seminars, panels, you know, talks that are taking place this month. And so I hope that, you know, if you have the time and the capacity that, you know, you check those out in your area, there's a lot going on from networking to just, you know, like speaking sessions to sort of, you know, empower women and all that. So, you know, get involved if you can, if you have the capacity. But nonetheless, happy Women's History Month. And uh, let's go ahead and get into our cool segment for the episode. So this week, I do have a few things I want you all to clue into, and we're going to start off with politics. So we're going to start off with politics because I do have a little bit of an update for our Toronto listeners specifically. So in our last episode, I did mention that, you know, our mayor, John Tory, had stepped down and we talked a little bit about the scandal that was sort of attached to, you know, his resignation and him stepping down and all that. But a date for our by-election has been announced for us to vote for a new mayor for the city of Toronto. So the date is Monday, June 26th, Monday, June 26th. And so with that, nominations open on April 3rd and they close May 12th. And then if you're someone who likes to hit the polls early, advanced voting starts June 8th and ends June 13th. But the day, the actual day of election is June 26th. So Toronto, let's get it together and let's vote for a new diligent leader who really, really cares about the future of this city. I'm still sort of keeping an eye on candidates. Some people have, you know, sort of said, yep, I'll be running. Some people haven't. As of right now, I think it's confirmed that Chloe Brown is running again. I believe Gil Penalosa is also running again. And we're seeing a couple of other counselors starting to say that they're going to run. We're seeing people going to Scarborough to eat beef patties and thinking that somehow that's appropriate and that's going to get them votes. I don't know what they're thinking, (laughs) but... I'm keeping an eye out as we get closer to June. I'll definitely be talking a little bit more about candidates, their platforms. So y'all know, you know, you have some information to kind of help you know who to vote for. Um, But yeah, just wanted to sort of give that update. Our elections will be held June 26th for the new mayor of the city of Toronto. All right. So let's hop off politics and get into some music because... I know the first couple of months of the year, we sort of get this quiet period in the music industry, but some good projects have been dropping. So let's start off with Vito, my R&B sweetheart. Vito, love his voice. I just love his overall swag. Um, And he dropped his project Mood Swing in January, actually, while we were on our break. And um, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying Do You Mind, You and Me, and Consistency. Yeah, it's just, it's a vibe. It's a vibe. Also, another one, Masego, and I've talked about it on here. You all know I'm going to the concert on March 29th. Can't wait. 
But Masego's self-titled album was released earlier this month, so that was a vibe. And he had already dropped some singles uh, leading up to dropping the actual project. So, of course, I'm still spinning You Never Visit Me. I can't wait to hear that live, like just to hear that and then to have him sort of take his break and then play the saxophone a little bit. Um, Sax Fifth Avenue is sick as well. That's on the album. Say You Want Me is a vibe like, oh, Say You Want Me. And I've played that as one of our songs of the week in previous episode. So needless to say, if you haven't gone into this project, go ahead and get into it. Those are two recommendations. You should be spinning those for the rest of this week. Vito's Mood Swing and Masego's self-titled album. These are very good R&B quality projects. And um, I'm really excited. I'm really excited. I think these are good projects to sort of hold me over in the spring as we sort of get into summer. And then I'm anticipating some more like some more like Afro beats, Afro swing to be coming out. Some more like maybe some dance tracks, but some more like fast R&B that the girls can really, you know, like wine to and dance to outside in the summer. But um, these are going to be, you know, definitely spin into my spring collection for sure. So check those out. All right. So that was music. We're going to get into a little bit of TV right now. And I'm excited because some good shows are coming back. OK, Harlem is back. If you know me, you know that I love all things homegirl comedy, insecure, girlfriends, run the world. Like I could keep going on and on and on and on rap shit, like just keep them coming. Anything with black women working through friendships, relationships, life, I'm with it. So Harlem season two is back. I'm not quite done the season, but I'm really enjoying it so far. Of course, a little bit of a spoiler, but Camille is trying to figure out her relationship with Ian. Angie's always going to do what Angie does, trying to find the finest man in New York. <laughs> Quinn is working through, you know, life and her relationship with her mom, finding her identity, a little bit of sexuality in there. And then Ty is trying to figure out Ty. She's trying to make new connections, if that's possible. She's trying to work things out with her ex-husband, sort out, you know, what divorcing officially looks like. And Amidst all that, they're trying to figure out their friendship and their growth. So I'm really enjoying it. But y'all need to clue into this because we have an episode that's going to talk all things Harlem. I'm having two other podcasters and we're going to get into it. And it's going to be full of spoilers. So watch it now. Here's your, here's your disclaimer. Watch it now so that when that episode drops, you are well prepared. All right. So that is it for our clue in segment for this episode. We're going to go ahead and get into our main segment. And I'm excited for y'all to hear this episode. I know I'm excited for y'all to hear every episode, but <laughs> I feel like this one feels like when you call your homegirl and you're like, hey, girl, like I'm really struggling at work or girl, can you believe I had this happen to me with this manager? Like that's very much the tone of this conversation. We ranted a little bit. We vented. We contemplated why we even work. And at the end, you know, we provided some tips to those who are, you know, in a space where they may not enjoy their current work situation and are trying to find better, but need need some grounding and need support where they're at. So let's go ahead and get into our conversation. So for our main segment for this episode, we are getting back into our conversations about workplace, workplace uh, politics, <laughs> uh, careers, navigating these workplaces. And um, 
If you haven't already, go back and listen to our episode with Dr. Tega Edwin, because that was really good to talk about, um, you know, if you are making a shift, if you're currently applying for a new job, go ahead and listen to that first and then come back to this. Because on this main segment, myself and our guests, we're going to be getting into more workplace drama, <laughs> how we survive and thrive at our jobs, <laughs> how we balance it all. So joining me, I have Joy Louvier of the work stories podcast which you know joy is the founder and creator of the work stories podcast which she created to inspire more realizations for black women and women of color who are tired of all the unnecessary stuff we gotta face just to do our day-to-day jobs so welcome to the podcast joy i'm excited to have you (laughs) hello everyone i'm excited too yeah talk about this topic girl that has become so I don't know, personal for me all of a sudden, but like other people's stories are personal for me now too. So Mm. I I like talking about this. I think it's healthy for us too. Very healthy. Honestly, like when I saw your your podcast, because we've been following each other for some time now, I saw your podcast and I was like, work stories, this is so cool. And I love the way you post. And I know you're also, you've been attending different festivals and I listened to a few and I was like, okay, let's come and talk about this because I know I've had some things that I've gone through in the workplace. So I was like, let me get Joy to come on and talk with us on here. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you. No worries. <laughs> so um, let's get into it. I guess we'll start with, um, you know, we're going to dive deeper into this later on in our conversation. So you can just give us a little bit. But mm-hmm. what, you know, how has the journey been, you know, navigating different workspaces, you know, to the point of creating the Work Stories podcast? Like, how has that journey sort of been like for you? Um, it has been therapeutic, um, mm-hmm. for me, I don't know about healing cause I, sometimes I think healing indicates an end. Um, and I don't have an end for my story. And sometimes I think, will we ever have a real end as particularly black women in this country in the workforce? So I won't say healing, but definitely like it's been therapeutic, for me, but also like made me realize my own privilege in having the support system that I did and currently do have to navigate the challenges in the workplace. Um, And so I have to acknowledge that. And I try to like bring that up every chance I get with my audience and on socials to be like, take a second to take an inventory of your own privilege. Because sometimes we get we get caught up in being so negative and we're self-deprecating and we're joking and all of these things. But we do have a lot of, a lot of us have a lot of support. And so we have to think about those who don't have the resources, have the support um, that we do to make it through these things without major harm. So yeah, it's, it's been great to connect with people and really amazing to see the impact of an idea I had probably like sitting in my bed in tears. <laughs> oh, girl. <laughs> I've got to do something. Right. <laughs> Something's got to be done. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's funny when you mentioned, you know, even recognizing your privilege, because I think, you know, as black women, of course, you know, we, we operate and live at this intersection of I'm black and I'm a woman. But of course, mm. we know that intersectionality means that some of us are more privileged than others. So it's right. it's really important that, you know, you mentioned that you try to bring that up as well. And, you know, I'm based in Toronto, Canada. You're in the States. So it's going to be mm-hmm. interesting because 
I bet you the stories are similar. So we're about to get yeah. into it. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. You guys got some cool stuff in Canada, though. We do. We do. But we also got some quiet racism that occurs. So, mm-hmm. yep. yeah, the subtleness yeah. of it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before we kind of get into sharing our stories, this podcast is called But What Do I Know? And, you know, the aim is that we, you know, try to help the listeners through our sort of stories navigate different aspects of life where you might have been like, but what do I know about that? Mm -hmm. So, you know, did you ever ask yourself, you know, what do I know about how to really do this? How to really do this thing? Like, how do I do this? I need support. And, um, you know, if you ever asked yourself that question, how did you sort of get past that point? Yeah, I definitely had, um, I don't even like to say imposter syndrome anymore Mm -hmm. because I'm pretty sure I found out that term comes from a white person talking about us. <laughs> Girl, what doesn't so, at this point? <laughs> right. So, so I was like, let's not use that. But I think I definitely have a moment of like, am I qualified mm. to do this podcast? I don't have a, a certificate in DEI stuff or, and I've never been a manager in HR. And I started like kind of talking myself down from it because I didn't have all these things that I thought were qualifications. And then after a while and after I still went for it and did it. But after a while, I, I started to think I've lived it. <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing that can be taught in school that is going to be more valuable than lived experience. And then when I really kind of understood that, I really took um, pride in having that leg up to talk about this conversation than people who are going to study and read books and and try to dissect articles to learn. I don't have to do that. Not mm. that I won't do that, but it's not something that's needed for me to really connect with my audience and talk about a subject that I experience every day. So yeah, no, that was fact. definitely a moment for me to be like, girl, you got this. You know more than you think you do and you need to give yourself credit. Mm, you know more than you think you do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because a lot of the times we do and it's you know similar sort of thoughts here even with my podcast, like this is an education platform. And of course, I don't know everything, but mm-hmm. I, I have the same sort of thoughts of like, okay, this is an education podcast. We're going to talk about everything from, you know, personal growth to careers. But what do I know about those things? You know, so, it, you know, yeah. just talking and saying, you know, hey, like your lived experience counts as knowledge to share, you know. So thank you for, you know, sharing how you how you sort of got over those moments. Yeah. And I think this is a challenge we could probably see in many areas of our life, like not just my specific story, but I was talking with a friend recently and we were talking about how we felt like we had been bred or trained by society to downplay all of our knowledge, Mm -hmm. like to be super humble and and never, you know, show too much or act like you know it all because that's not cute, right? That's cocky. Um, And so it felt like we were trained that way as women in the society, just women alone, but also as black women to be like, you need to be humble. We let you at the table, you know, we let you come in the room. We give you a little corner of the table. Now calm down. And so all of this is reinforced and it's still, this is still how we live today. Right. So it hasn't stopped. It's not something to overcome. It's still happening. Mm -hmm. And so it's really fighting with that urge to be like, oh, no, you've got it. You are so much more knowledgeable than me. I, I am not qualified for this. And, and to actually be like, yeah, I'm qualified for a lot of things. Mm. <laughs> now, nah, that's a good point. And overqualified for many things. Girl, <laughs> over. Over. Black women be having one, two, three, four degrees and still Listen. like, oh, I don't know if I can really do this. 
girl, if you don't get up. <laughs> I know. And I'm looking at my degree sitting on the floor in some corner girl. or whatever. This, this beautiful degree I worked hard for from this great school. And I'm over here like, mm-hmm. I don't know anything. Yeah. And then had the nerve to go back to school and do it again. So oh. it's just like, come on. <laughs> come on, Joy. Yes. Like, do better for yourself, girl. Wow. Damn. <laughs> that's funny. But that's so real. That's so real. Yeah. When you talk about, you know, like society, like conditioning us to think like that, girl, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. especially with work. So, yeah. What do you think of work? What What do you think of this concept of work? This is very meta. And I love that you laughed. But like, I've been reflecting on this a lot. So I just thought, you know, girl, let me ask you. <laughs> I think work is a trick. It is BS. <laughs> We didn't need to actually ever work. We could have just all lived on a barter system and we all just did our skill and was like, I'm a woodworker and you're a farmer and you have this and we're going to swap and we could have lived happily. But somebody was like, I think from nine to five, five days of the week, you should be somewhere. <laughs> it's like, this is a horrible idea. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it also, I think work in general takes passion away from people. Instead of doing what, you're good at doing what you really enjoy, doing something that helps you grow as a person, you're left to figure out how do I best put food on my table and pay my mortgage? Yeah. Right. And it's all connected, isn't it? So it's like, and you spend so much time focusing on how do I put food on my table? How do I feed myself, feed my family? That you like, you forget about the passion. You forget about what makes Mm. you grow personally. You're right. (laughs) Girl, when you said the barter system. It's like, Oh, growth at work. Oh, I became a better person because of work that I did or I gained skills. Doesn't even matter. Like, what's the money saying? It makes you like this yes. person you don't even want to be that's like money hungry, but you're not money hungry. You just like going to the doctor. You yeah. like being healthy. <laughs> you know, and, and that's the thing that like I've been reflecting on right now is that like, do I want to care deeply at my job and, you mm-hmm. know, have this kumbaya, we're a family, we're a team. Or is this just like a, okay, thanks. Like I learned a lot. Thanks for the money. And I'll like, you know, carve out something else out of that. But then it takes up so much time, like eight plus hours a day times five, six for some people. Like, yeah, that's a lot of hours Mm -hmm. (sighs) that we just give away. And I think for a lot of people, maybe not for some of us who are more privileged, but for the, the common person in the U.S., they don't get anything out of it. Yo. Like, you know, (laughs) they don't really grow. They're not really necessarily gaining skills that they want to gain. They don't feel like they're becoming a better person. If anything, we're all becoming worse people because we're so so, like manic at work all the time and ready to like pop off at any second because of the stress. Yeah. And I think like the stress and also the anxiety, like, you know, that feeling you get on Sunday night sometimes where it's like, oh, my God. Are the emails answered? Should I check? Mm-hmm. Maybe just so that mm-hmm. I can be ahead for Monday. But it's like, why do I have to be ahead for Monday? Like, I'll just deal with it. Like, <laughs> On Monday. Especially if you're not working in a very, like, emergency healthcare profession where nothing is really a dire emergency, but it's yeah. made to be sometimes. And you're like, but I'll, like, I'll just send the email tomorrow and they'll deal with it, yeah. you know? So it feels <sighs> silly having anxiety and stress over jobs that aren't essential to our life. It kind of feels silly. like. Am I really stressing out about a social media post? Right. But that's my job. Right. <laughs> right. But like, I, I don't know. Sometimes I think, not that I think that healthcare was my path at all, but mm-hmm. sometimes I think 
at least like in the healthcare field, how rewarding it is to be like, I just saved that guy's life. Mm. And at least you get some instant gratification, fulfillment from it that you just can't when writing a press release. Fair. <laughs> that's fair. That's you know, fair. Or whatever else people do, right? Right. No, that's so yeah. fair. It's funny you mentioned that because that's something that I have learned that I'm actually big on now with, with work is I want to see the direct, like I really want to see the result of what I'm doing at my day job helping mm-hmm. communities. Um, and so I work in the urban planning like industry. So yeah. a lot of what I'm trying to work on now, it's like more housing. Like Toronto is yeah. a very expensive city. So like, how can we put more affordable housing? How can we fix our transit? Like I'm trying to kind of work on that. So I can look back and be like, okay, like I contributed to the betterment of the community, right? As opposed yeah. to just like, I wrote another report. I don't really know what this yeah. report was for, but like, hey, did it. <laughs> so yeah. And it all contributes to that betterment. Like I know once I like add up a bunch of social media posts, a bunch of project documents, a bunch of meetings, it means something. Mm -hmm. But when you're looking at it in a very granular way, it's hard to connect it back if you're not in service work that is very direct to patient, client, you know, Mm -hmm. person in need. So are you're you're millennial, right? Like roughly millennial. Okay. So then I know, you know, millennial. (laughs) younger millennial as I am slash Gen Z because I'm at the cusp we've kind of you know revamped the idea of work we're no longer staying at one job for 50 something years we're switching moving around doing side hustles all that jazz what what role does work play in your life now like are you still you know like hustle 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 are you trying to climb up the corporate ladder or are you kind of like I'm gonna chill (laughs) I feel like I'm not doing what I thought I was supposed to be doing anyway Mm. nor what I feel like my calling is. Oh, shoot. What did you think I'm you were doing, supposed to be doing? Yeah. I went to school for journalism. My bachelor's and master's is in journalism. And all of my internships and all my prep to those degrees were like at newspapers, speaking with the community and telling their stories. And so um, work stories gives me a platform to be a storyteller, but that's not my nine to five. I don't feel like a storyteller in my nine to five. Um so I think that's really where my skill set is. And I don't think I'm using it um, fully. So climbing the ladder is weird, right? It's like, should I aim for this because this will get me the resource I need to have the lifestyle I want or things I need for my family? I hate thinking like that, but that's like how it feels. Or should I take the skills and coin that I'm gaining in this job and use it towards my passion So one day I can generate an income doing something that I really love and I think I'm really good at. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) And (laughs) it's so funny talking to you because I feel like these are conversations that I've had with myself several times where I've like questioned, like, did I go into the wrong industry? Because I like what I'm doing and I see the good that it does. But I was like, why didn't I go to school for journalism? Because I really love like speaking I love writing, hence why I have a podcast. Um, And I really love the results that can come from like facilitating conversations. But now I'm like, man, I I think it's the the whole like I had to be practical. I had to do something that would give me money because I was spending so much money on school. (laughs) Yeah. Here we go playing the game again. So now I'm like, maybe I'll just, you know, use the podcast as my way to get my journalism side on and then Mm. still do you know but 
Yeah, but then sometimes it's tiring, girl. Like yeah. having to put on one hat, journalism, urban planner. Like, yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. And then when do you take off all of the hats and just be? <laughs> there's not a lot of time. And then when you are resting, you feel guilty because there's so many things you should be doing towards your nine to five or your side hustle yeah. that you can't even rest in peace. Yo. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. <laughs> Yo. You can't even rest in peace. <laughs> gosh it's it's crazy and i think that we have this this need for this certain type of success in our society i think Mm. it's shifting i'm hoping it's shifting with gen z really like being like f that we're gonna do things our way so i'm hoping that it's shifting but it's all about what looks good what sounds good if you work at a place that i've never heard of you're marked down two points now if you have a title i've never heard of marked down if you make under six figures, mark down. Yeah. Like it's like all of these levels of what a successful person looks like when honestly being successful is being a happy person in a world that is throwing you nothing but like poop sandwiches every day. Yo. That's if you figure out how to be happy, that seems like that should be success, but mm. it's not. It's a title, it's a job, it's an income, it's a car. It's like if you're renting, like how nice is your view? <laughs> Yes. It doesn't matter. <laughs> no, when you said the, you know, a job title I've never heard of, you're marked down. Because, you know, right now yeah. there are certain job titles that are sexy. So if someone is like yeah. a social media manager, an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. business owner, um, a creative entrepreneur, real estate developer, mm-hmm. whatever, up, up, up. If I tell yeah. you that I'm like a tile specialist. Suddenly everyone's like mm, education anything. Yeah. It's yeah, it's like I don't know what that is. It, right? Yeah. Like it's yeah. just like mm, no. And you're right about the six figure thing. And I'm just here to tell y'all, like, listen, I know the six figures was that sexy number, the sexy pinnacle that everyone is trying to get to. Yeah. By the time you get to that six figures and inflation done hit us again, and now six figures is nothing. What are you Seriously. gonna do then? And the tax bracket. At least here, I don't know what your tax bracket looks Girl. like, but it's, you know, the little sections you start to get punished. You, and at one point, I think I did the math when I was like trying to figure out a, a raise for myself and negotiate that. If I got under like two in a certain threshold, I would actually make less making like seven grand more on paper because of the tax. It's the like, same bracket. for us. So, here- so I'm like having to do... N- I'm having to do math, y'all. <laughs> math. I don't do math. Yo, that's us too. We did the calculation because me and my me and my girlfriends, you know, as we were planning and we we're trying to figure things out. And mm-hmm. yeah, if you're making hundred K in Ontario here in Toronto, you're really taking home like 75, 76K. It's 25K yeah. gone just on taxes yeah. alone. Gone. So yeah, like, oh girl. <laughs> but to people, I think getting to that six figure mark is like. Okay, now they can get to the next mark. I don't know what yeah. the next mark is. But like, you know, and keep going and they could have that like glamorous lifestyle where they're like traveling every week and on a boat mm-hmm. in a thong bikini. You know, shaking maybe. ass on a yacht or whatever. I think when you make $200,000 a year, I think they automatically like the government sends you a thong bikini. <laughs> as, no way. Like, Thank you for your service. <laughs> you now have entered this new level in this tiny little... Bikini is for you. Of your contribution to our society. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you can go can shake your ass. Act, you can shake your ass now. <laughs> You've earned it, right? 
But like, why why can't you shake your ass at at fifty k? You know, I should we should be able to do that <laughs> happily, freely. If you're listening and you make fifty k, shake your ass right now. Yes. <laughs> Yo, right now. <laughs> Yo, that is it. hilarious. And you deserve it more than anyone, right? More than people are making more. Facts. <laughs> No, that's hilarious. Go try to shake your ass right now. <laughs> right now. Right now. It's the rules. <sighs> um, so I want to get into some work stories. Okay. So I get there because your podcast is work yeah, stories. I see, I see, I see. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's start with the good ones. So when, you know, when have you felt supported at work? What are some good stories or, you know, some some moments you had with colleagues that looking back, you're like, okay, that, that was good. I appreciate that. <laughs> Oh shit! My girl is um, really well, I'm thinking. thinking. I'm gonna find. I'm gonna find. <laughs> I'm gonna find it. I've definitely had coworkers that I've had fun with at work. Okay. Okay. Who lighten the load, make everything go smoother, show up as a support. Sometimes, sometimes not perfect records, but mm-hmm. definitely have been a support. And sometimes being a support is just like giving me a good laugh every day. Just give me one good laugh a day. It's very helpful or, go, or sitting with at lunch so you can decompress about what just happened. Um, so I don't want to downplay the impact of those people. Um, let me think. Oh, gosh. I think I've had some managers and, and bosses and not even my direct reports, but people higher than them even who have really believed in what I can do. Um, now have them believing in what I can do change the course of that job. Maybe not, but I think they saw the potential I had, saw how powerful I was almost sometimes before I saw how powerful I was and, um, recognized that and tried to like feed my talent with, okay, you can handle this. I'm going to give you this extra thing. And it's not like it's more work. It's things I wanted to do and opportunities I wanted to have. So it wasn't about working me more, but about giving me more access to who we were serving or access to um, money making things, uh, fundraising or whatever, just to like broaden my skill set because I think they already knew the potential I had. So those have definitely been good experiences. And I thank those people because if I hadn't seen, oh, they see something in me. Oh, they're interested in me. They think I'm smart. They think I have great instincts. I don't think I would have noticed that in myself for a long time. Mm, No, that's really good. That's that's a really important, especially coming from senior professionals that you work with, like your mm. manager, director, whatever. Because I think also sometimes yeah. the higher you get, they're so removed from the work that we do day to day. Yeah. Like you're lucky if you really get to see your director and sometimes your manager is like, it's hard to get to actually sit and connect with them and really plan out. And I don't know if you have like, if at your workplaces, you've ever had like those one-on-ones where you're supposed to sit mm. and kind of like, <laughs> I guess like plan things out, like. Yeah, you know, it's, I love those. Yeah. <laughs> I love those. Well, I'm such a dork. I love that because that FaceTime is really important. And mm. the one one job I had, like everybody at the job was kind of woo woo, which I feel like I'm a little woo woo. So it went with like it went, it worked great. And we would have these little retreats and meetings where we were just really like, first of all, before we start, how are we all feeling? Oh, Ch- let's check in. How what are you feeling in here? I think we should meditate first. And I've prepared everybody a warm cup of tea. like very much like that um and so uh you're able to have like 
the really planned things, even things that like might not happen, like your wildest dreams, people want to listen to those things and put those on the board and acknowledge those things and work towards that dream achievement for the group, right? For the company, for the organization. So um, I have had experiences like that, that didn't realize at the time how cool it was, probably took it for granted. And now I'm like, can someone make me a cup of tea? And can we brainstorm with a whiteboard? Aww. I would love it. Can we meditate <laughs> and make sure that our chakras are aligned? <laughs> yeah. Like uh, get a hug, like places that hug. This is pre-COVID obviously, yes. but just getting a good hug and the people who don't let go. And you're like, this is my coat. This is nice. I don't mind this. Mm-hmm. Cause then their actions backed it. Right. Yeah. It wasn't about being fake and like giving me this fake hug and then mistreating me the rest of the year. It was yeah. about like, I'm not necessarily doing everything perfect, but I'm really trying and I really care for you and I see your talent. And I want you to know that. that's real yeah Yeah. no I I had a manager and it felt like she was almost very like protective of me because she 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 was my manager then became my director and she was great it just felt like she was trying to kind of like watch over me it it was never said but I felt like she was like you know what I'm gonna do my best to watch out for this black girl in this office because you know there are about two of them and uh let me just look out for her (laughs) so you know if it felt like that um she made me feel really comfortable so leaving, mm. I was dreading having that conversation with her. Mm. But, you know, that was great. And I've definitely, I hear you, I've definitely had some really good managers as well. Um, I once had a Black director and I was like, oh, wow, in this industry, yay, wow. amazing. Yeah, exactly. You know, good mentorship. But um, <laughs> let's get into the not so great stories. I feel, I feel so bad because I feel like the good, the bad stuff overshadows the good. So I'm glad that you asked me a question like that because it's almost calling myself to the carpet to be like, mm. all right, girl, you have some sad stories, but you also have some good stories. So like, stop acting like it's all tears over here. Like, calm down. Yeah, no, that, that's a really <laughs> good point. That's a really good point. That's and I, I, I even took inventory of that while I was kind of like figuring out the flow of our conversation. And I was like, you know what? Mm. Let me ask her about the positives first. Before we yeah. get into the mess. <laughs> yeah. And, and I just want to say the person I'm referencing, mm-hmm. um, before I ever left the organization, they got let go and like a massive layoff. Oh. And I was like, oh, and then, you know, people stayed that weren't like that great. Oh. <laughs> You're like, but this person like tried. It's not like they did everything necessarily perfect to somebody, obviously not, but like they really were trying hard. But you know, it's the situation they lay off people with the bigger salaries with the bigger positions sometimes right um a thoughtful organization will do that they'll lay off a lot of like higher uh, people to keep the junior level um which i know is part of the game but it sucked because even the whole time i was there i wasn't able to have access to her she's gone wow. so damn yeah, so shout out to her shout out to her <laughs> okay wherever um, you are yeah right <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, yeah, let's get into some, you know, not so great stories. Um, you know, yeah. feel free to share as much or as little as you want to share, girl. Yeah. So I feel like early on in my career, it was the age was the thing that I felt the most. Maybe it was being a little naive around how my race would really impact the rest of my career. Um, but when you're 22, 23, sometimes you just don't have 
like a strong sense of that yet. You have to live a little more and have some unfortunate situations to really understand the weight. Not only being black, but being a black woman is like the most intimidating thing to people for some reason. We're like monsters walking around. So I didn't re- I didn't get that early on. So early on, it felt like an age thing. It felt like you, baby, you don't know what you're doing, blah, 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 blah. But then I'm like sitting next to the person doing the same job. So I'm like, baby, mm. old person, same job, same salary. <laughs> so I had to like kind of assert myself in that way to be like, my age has nothing to do with it. Technology is changing all the time. Um, my first job out of college was working at a newspaper and I was like a copy editor and page designer. Mm. And that was nothing but technology you're using, right? And in a fast-paced environment, um, oftentimes, like I wouldn't even leave work until one in the morning. It's the type of job that it was. We had a different shift. We started later. Don't worry. <laughs> like I came in at nine or anything. But yeah, it was a job you stayed up all night. I mean, people just overlook the benefits of being young and working with technology all day and working crazy hours and moving quickly, mm. which we all listening can figure out that these are assets, <laughs> right, for of our uh, qualities that young people are able to have and just attach to. So I felt like I, I had to prove myself a little bit and that I really, I think early on decided like I wanted to make a name for myself in journalism and really not just be like the regular journalist who's just like the local news and da, 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 whatever that means. But like, I wanted to be like the one that made it. Right. And because I felt like I had the talent to and, and I was, I was told in college, like I had a lot of um, affirmation from others that I could make it. And so I felt really competitive in that sense. But in that industry, competitiveness looks different. It's not mm. like showing up earlier. No one cares about that there. People come in late, they're barely dressed. Like sometimes, I mean, this is not talking about that place, but this is just anywhere. Sometimes people are like drinking at their desk during work. Wow, say word. Um, yeah, sometimes they're just like screaming, cussing. I mean, it's journalism. Mm. Like if you really heard, I mean, you see like the pretty lights on CNN, but once the cameras go off and you go into the real newsroom, they're screaming across the way. And if someone messes up, they're getting cussed out for sure. <laughs> I sense and so that. that's what like newspapers was like for me and um, everywhere that I worked. And um, I just wanted to like be the one to have the good instincts. So that was like how you stand out in that place. Um, then I transitioned out accidentally. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I just was trying to get another opportunity and then other things came up. And so what happens for a lot of people who start off in journalism, you like somehow end up in like corporate comms, PR, marketing. And you're like, how did I get here? I was literally just interviewing like a local pastor, you know, (laughs) what feels like two weeks ago. And now I'm like making a marketing plan. Mm. And so you look up and your whole career has changed. So I think later, yeah, the experiences of negativity change where I like really knew I was a black woman really felt it. I was reminded every day. And I could tell people were like intimidated by me. It was, I wasn't young anymore, right? Where I was like, not a threat. I was a threat all of a sudden. And I don't know when that happened. It was like overnight. I became someone who could like, make you look bad or like take your job or like, you know, I don't know, put you in a bad position at work, I guess. Wow. (laughs) So you start to try to be like the friend and friendly and you know, you put on like, hey, da, 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 being that girl and that doesn't work. 
it, it doesn't work. It doesn't matter how nice you are. Like when you bring in cookies or ask somebody about their dog, like nobody really cares at the end of the day, people are going to do what's best for them. And so I learned a lot of those lessons the hard way. And I, I don't even know, stop me. Cause I am just Girl. going on the ladder here. <laughs> I have a question. Have you ever, and obviously I'm speaking from experience here. <laughs> have you ever had a manager um, who, who was a woman and you were so excited because maybe you thought, okay, like women empowerment, we're all going to support each other. And, you know, I don't know if it's the pressure from other people around, the pressure to perform, the pressure to prove themselves as a manager, as, you know, as a, a woman in management, but it just made your work and your life difficult. Have you ever experienced that? If you haven't, bless God. But if you have, girl, it is the worst. I think no, I think the only I, a, a lot of my managers have been male. Mm. Um I think my experience with women have been they don't speak up enough and advocate for themselves and they're my manager and you're above me and you have more pull and you don't even speak up for yourself. So that when it's time to speak up for me, you don't even know how to do it. Right. Yeah. I'm like, help. I'm the one, I'm the junior level. I'm asking for help. I'm, and then they're like, I just, I don't even know how to say it. Oh, you need to figure out how to say it. And the, and the age difference also when this is happening, maybe that shouldn't be a factor, but you know, 30 years, we're talking 30 years different sometimes, um, 25 to 30 years. And you're like, you, you have been married for a thousand years. You have raised kids who are almost grown. You have done all of these things and you're still struggling speaking up for yourself, which is the reality for so many women and people, right? Like we know this, but it is frustrating when you're depending on them for your maturation in the field and they're timid. Very. So I think that's been, that's a common problem I found throughout. It's just being like, you've got to play the game. I don't know. Don't say anything now. Could make it happen just like disappointment because everyone around me was scared. Yo, that's yeah. Yeah. My it's interesting. I've had similar, um, for one, I feel like she, she didn't know how to speak up for us or how to really navigate certain spaces. And then for one, I just felt like she's a perfectionist, which funny I am too. And I was, <laughs> I would always do my work to try to, you know, like get it up to par, but perfectionist really wanting to prove that this is how we do things and this is the way the way the way like without going into too much detail me and homegirl at some point we're sending emails back and forth about grammar oh gosh we stopped talking okay. about the main aspect just started talking about grammar and yeah, we've we've lost it and i called my sister i said hey no elitism but i went to school i know grammar um yeah I know when to use a or an before a vowel or consonant. Like, <laughs> what are we doing right now? Right. I, I like she and she's wrong. But for me to even start telling you that you're wrong, I don't want to get into that. You know? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> it's just it's it's tough because I think people like places let anyone supervise anyone, manage anyone. Yeah. And it's kind of like being a manager is more than just having a check-in call once a week and 
saying yes or no to decisions. You have to really be invested in the people you're managing and you have to see their talent. You have to nurture the talent that they do have. You have to help correct their weaknesses. You have to learn them, like really learn their personalities and how they respond to life and the best way that they learn and all of that and figure that out and teach them through the methods that work for them. Mm-hmm. You, you have to care about them. And it's not to say that all these people don't care about anyone, but I don't think at the level to be managers. And that's what that's you see exactly over it. and over again. People that's who exactly just it. know how to do things so they become managers when they have no training in how to actually nurture Manage people. people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, um, thank you so much for sharing those. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like, I hope the experience gets better for you. Yeah, I hope the experience gets better I for me. <laughs> yeah. You I know? mean, it has to, though, because at some point we have to make de- we're going to learn the situations we're going to be in. And then we have to make decisions to not be in them and whatever that looks like. That means taking chances, not being scared Um, betting on ourselves, making our own businesses. Maybe you decide like, I just need to work with people who look like me. I just need to work with nobody. I need to work from home. Like there's so many versions of that. Work from home. That was a solution. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Right. That was a solution for a lot of people. Like I I was working remotely for years before the pandemic anyway. So I I didn't get that shift of like, ah, but so many people around me were like, oh, this is what you've been doing. I'm like, yeah, like I create my own environment. I create my own mood. Not to say someone doesn't piss me off from time to time, but then I get to do whatever I have to do to snap back into the work. It's great. And I like just have sweatpants on like I do right now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> great. Oh, my like, goodness. Welcome to the good side of life. Right? <laughs> <sighs> welcome to the side yeah. where we, you know, we add ease while we work. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Um. So speaking of ease while we work, um, you know, we've talked about, you know, our experiences, our stories. And I know that an obvious solution to negative workspaces, uh, workplaces, you know, would be to leave. But not our, not mm-hmm. all of us have the privilege to just get up and go. Sometimes finding that new job takes time. Sometimes, you know, like we're about to be in a recession. So depending on what industry, there might not be a lot of jobs for you to apply to. Um, right. You know, you might be dependent on job security and the money. So you don't want to take that risk to make the change. So, you know, what would you sort of share with people while we're in that liminal space? Like, how do you make that time where you're waiting for it to be better? Mm -hmm. How do you make that time better for yourself or at least a little bit comfortable? Um, I would say like, learn about yourself, figure yourself out because the, whenever it's time to make the move, whenever you are blessed enough to be able to make the move that still works for you fiscally, um, in your family and for your family, like you need to have your stuff together. Not You can't be the one to mess up your next opportunity. How sad would that be? Oh, you didn't have your stuff together. So now you have a new opportunity and you're tanking it. So it's like, get your mental health in order. If you need a therapist and you've been loafing on getting a therapist for a thousand years, this is a really good time to get one so you don't ruin another opportunity, right? Because you aren't in alignment. This is a good time to meditate, pray, whatever your version of like grounding and centering is. Um, I think you get a lot of answers and in, in still and quiet. Um, and so it's definitely a time to figure out what do you really want to do? How do you want to spend your time? If you knew you were going to die in a year, but you still had to make money, right? 
what would you want to be doing? <laughs> I don't know, right? Like if you still have a family you're leaving behind, what would you want to be doing? Like you just, you got to answer your own questions, those questions within those bigger questions first, I think before you should be like jumping to another job mm. um, whenever the opportunity shows itself. Um, I also think there's ways to like find happiness in a painful situation. So for instance, I was like, okay, so I'm still stuck in this job for a while. I work from home, but sometimes like I want more interaction. I'm not really getting it from my coworkers. I'm not feeling that like sense of community. So I want to work from a workspace sometimes. So I'm got my job to pay for it. Okay. Right. I'm not going to get a big raise. I might not ever be treated right, but I got a workspace. (laughs) And so that is something that brings me like this little bit of joy that I got this thing, or it could be going to a conference you really want to go to. And then you like meet people and grow from that and feel reinvigorated in the work that you're doing. Um, that can, that can help you get those extra few months, that extra six months, whatever. These are all little ways to give yourself joy in a month. Think about a month period. What could you do, mm-hmm. you know, to get opportunities for yourself within that time? Um, and so just, just find ways to get the most out of these places. Honestly, that sounds crazy. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Get what you can get. <laughs> but there's a lot of money. Every, every organization, every company acts like they don't have it. It's not true. And when they really don't have it, they start doing layoffs. And I'm not talking about these big ones. I'm talking about maybe if your small organization is doing layoffs, maybe they really don't have it. But that's like it. Everybody else has it. They just don't want to spend the money the way you want them to, which is on your salary. So you figure out other ways that that money could be spent that benefits you. Suggest a retreat. Oh, I think we should do a team retreat. And we should all go to, you know, North Carolina to this cabin. I don't know, like whatever works for your team, just suggest something and get that bit of joy to be like, I got a free flight out of this. I got a free meal out of this. I got a conference that gave me lifelong connections in my field. I got a workspace where I can network with people in my community. Just figure out the little slice you can take. And it it feels like you're taking back your power. You're like, yeah, you're trying to play me, but little by little, I'm going to pull this this you're not even gonna realize it's gone and before you know it you've taken a big chunk Mm. because this is the trade-off for being treated the way you're treated or being underpaid or being overworked or whatever your issue is yeah oh those are good joy have you been thinking about that like those are really detailed i was like every day of my life i think (laughs) she has definitely spent some time thinking about this because wow no but those are really good like it's a, doesn't it feel like it could be a movie? It, it could. I was expecting, you know, like try your best to be happy, meditate before you come to the office. But girl, you were girl said, let's go on a retreat. That was a really you good get a line. little sneaky, a little yes. cackly, like just in little things, and they're trying to do something. You're like, I already got you, you know? for that lobster dinner. <laughs> <laughs> like whatever you need to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, they spend money on things they want to spend money on, everything else. So you just have to figure out. What is the language that your company or organization speaks? And then you and go, you go get that tangible item yeah. or that non-tangible even. Um, yeah. And that's just the way that you know in your heart you're doing something. You feel like you're, you're fighting back. Mm. Okay. Well, Joy, yeah. thank you so much. I feel like, you know, <laughs> we've had some good laughs. Yeah. <laughs> from shaking ass while making 50K <laughs> to... Take your ass right now. Yo, right now. <laughs> 
right now. You know, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> to practical tips. So, you know, help yeah. us get through things in the workplace. Um, but thank you so much. This has been so good. So you are definitely and... gonna be back because what a time this has been. Oh my gosh, I could talk to you all yeah. day. <laughs> Good luck to everybody out there on your journey and find that bit of happiness. Even if it is turning off your camera in a meeting that is stupid, boring, and incessant and shaking your ass in it. That's me, girl. My camera, Turn the camera my off. Camera just do it. off. <laughs> Partly because, <laughs> you know what's so funny? What? One of my friends, she's now my friend at, at work, she clocked into the fact, she's like, so girl, I noticed that when your hair is done, your camera's on. And when you have a headscarf on, your camera's up. I say, yeah, that's exactly how it goes. I'm a black girl. That's true. That's exactly what it yeah. is. So, yeah. Taking care of myself. Self-care. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> exactly. Um, yes. But yeah, so Joy, you know, we're we're not quite done yet. We're going to switch segments up a little bit. Oh, this okay. is the But What Do I Know podcast. So we want to get to know mm-hmm. a little bit more about our guests. Um, okay. And so I'm going to ask you four fun questions. And without thinking too hard, I just want to know the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Okay. All right. So the first one, your favorite beverage, uh, this can be alcoholic or non-alcoholic that you're currently enjoying right now. Okay. I really like taking the strawberry sodas. I think they call them strawberry beverages Mm -hmm. from Trader Joe's. Little cans of like strawberry. Yeah. It's like soda, like, but not too sweet soda. And then I like pouring those in a glass and I like putting either like coconut milk or like coconut whip and like shaking it up. And I love like a coconut strawberry combination. I drink it with a metal straw. Mm, okay. I'm going to have to try that. You know, wow. It's like my workday treat that... if, I, if I have some in the house. Oh, yeah. That sounds like a good time. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to try that. And once at a restaurant, I had a version of it with like alcohol. So you can also elevate yeah. it with rum or a something. Little, you know, yeah. Had a little yeah. splat. <laughs> yeah. A little, a little splash at your noon meeting. Yeah. Great. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't okay didn't that. that. I did not okay that. <laughs> you not work in HR. <laughs> um, okay. What is your favorite genre of music? Uh, probably like, like indie mm. alternative. I like kind of folk, like folky, okay. like folk indie. Yeah, that's okay, better. What's an folk artist indie. in that genre? Like I love Ingrid Michaelson. Ooh, is John so, Mayer if you haven't, folk I like John Mayer, okay, okay, yeah, okay, but great. like yeah, he's, he's a little, little he's a little more pop <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, now. So sense. think about the people who don't have two hundred dollar concerts yeah. and you might have never heard of. Think about the songs you hear and you're like, "That's a good song," and you have to Shazam it to figure out because right. there's no way you're gonna figure it out. That's the music that I listen to okay. and go to the like little small concerts, mm. and um, I think it's very calming to me. But like singer songwriter mm, stuff, I love that, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. Um, if you had to choose between pressing pause, rewind, or fast forward on your life right now, what button are we hitting? My gosh. I don't know. Ah, probably rewind. Okay. What um, are we going back to? I, I would go back to my 20s, like the end of my 20s. I was, and right early into my 30s, I was traveling the world. I was backpacking. And I didn't live anywhere. And I tried to soak it up as much as I could. But now that I like bought a house and I'm in the same place every day and have like a routine, I just keep looking at old pictures like the girl you used to be like it's so dramatic. (laughs) And I wish I could fast forward 
not to necessarily like live it all over again, but just have moments of it where I'm really sitting in appreciation and gratitude mm. and like soaking it up even more. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Before I ask you the last question, let's go back to what you said, mm. backpacking, because that's something that yeah. I want to do. But um, yeah, as a black girl, yeah. fit in all that I need into a backpack. Okay, but I had a rolly too. Okay, great, great, great. <laughs> I had like a hiking backpack. Uh, it's like a few liters large or whatever. Um, and then I had a little rolly because I always had extra stuff. And I wanted to pick up things when I went places. Right. But then I'd go back, come back to the States. I'd be at my mom's house, sister, whoever. And then I'd leave the stuff and then keep it moving. So mm. re- like empty it out and then go with it empty. Where did you backpack? Um, Italy and Greece, Bali, Bali, uh, Thailand. Okay. Um, I was traveling with a little more uh, luggage in like Peru and Colombia. Um, you've been outside, outside. Okay. Yeah. I went to Paris by myself, like a loser, but it was so fun by myself. (laughs) Oh, that sounds like a good time. Okay. Too many more memories. Too many more memories. Yeah. Yeah. That you're like present for. Mm-hmm. You're not too busy like trying to snap a photo or be in someone else's business or worry about what you look like. Like you're yeah. just in it. Yeah. Wow. Mm. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Final question. Heels or sneakers and why? <laughs> Neither. <laughs> okay. So what would you choose? <laughs> like sandals. Okay. Okay. But girl, Some- you're on the East Coast. Winter. Cold weather. No, I don't have cold weather. I'm in Texas. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry, you're on Central Time. Okay, that's different. I was about to say, girl, if you're on the East Coast, you gotta pick the sneakers. No, I can even handy. wear my slip-on sandals with socks. Oh, like if so I just need lucky. to run an errand, and that looks crazy. But wow, I don't really have to put on a boot here more than like a month out of the year. Must be nice. Yeah, that's great. Okay, yeah. so sandals. And I have flat feet. Yeah, I have flat feet, and a lot of sneakers have like. The insole, the in, you know, cushion is made for the arch Mm -hmm. and heels are all arched. And it's just like actually painful long after wearing them. Yeah, that's fair. It's not healthy for me. It's not healthy for me to wear those Mm, shoes. That's fair. Sandals. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) Yeah, sandals. (laughs) Um, All right. So, Joy, those are all the questions I have for you. Thank you so much. This conversation is so good for the soul. I really appreciate you. Um, Before I let you go, you know, just share with people how they can find you, connect with you, listen to the podcast and all that. Yes, you can find um, me and the podcast and all things around career development and career jokes and all of the things at at work stories, W-E-R-K stories on Instagram. Workstories.com is our website. The podcast is work stories. Um, You'll see it. It's all the same name and you'll get to hear from probably more people like you who have issues with their jobs and they're telling their stories. So check it out. For sure. All right. Thank you so much, Joy. And you will be back. This is one of many. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. I need to come back. I'm already ready. Okay. Put it on the calendar. Perfect.
with that, we are at the end of this episode. Thank you for listening to my conversation with Joy, talking all things work stories from the good to the bad to the unexpected. You know, I hope you all enjoyed it. If you want to connect more with Joy on your particular work story or you want to be featured on her podcast, feel free to connect with her at work stories work with an e on instagram if you'd like to connect with myself or our community just giving your feedback on this podcast episode feel free to do so on instagram at bwdik podcast as always make sure you're subscribed on your streaming platform from apple to spotify to amazon to google all of them (laughs) share the podcast with someone you feel will benefit from listening to it as always take care of yourself you know drink your water mind the business that pays you And you'll hear from me real soon. Bye for now. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.